Baltimore. Live. Live from This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Ready for this. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering podcast featuring New York sports talk and a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Got a bonus podcast this week, another bonus one. We've done two podcasts already this week. We had the opening day special with Jason Stark. We have a guest on this episode who was on that episode as well. That's the baseball movie draft on Thursday. But we do have some breaking news today. Joining me today on the line, uh, unofficial co-host of this podcast. You heard from him on Tuesday in the baseball beat section. Will Schneiderhan is here. Will, how are you? Good. A lot to digest. There is a lot to digest. We are doing an instant reaction podcast. I've done one of these before. That was after Mickey Cowboy got fired in 2018. Did an instant reaction then. We do have some big time breaking news here. Just give me one on second here. Jamal Adams is gone. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> I, honestly, part of me, you know, you are kind of like when when I saw the Casella tweet, you're like, oh, holy crap. Like, you're kind of, but you know what? I wasn't like, were you upset? Like, I wasn't like, damn. Like, you know, like when, you know, when the Cano trade and stuff yeah. happened, like other trades like that, like this one, I was kind of like, all right, all right. Yeah, just to reset where we are time-wise, I mean, we're recording about 4.36. Brian Costello tweeted about a half hour ago that Jamal Adams is on his way out. We're watching the Met Brave game in the background here, and they're down one nothing after Adam Duvall had a homer off of the cardboard cutout of Jeff McNeil's dog, Willow, out in right field. But <laughs> I was sitting there, watching this. I see this tweet come up. I'm like, okay, that was fast, number one, because this comes out day after he, Jamal's uh, brilliant. It turns out his parting farewell to Jet fans, that tell-all article from Manish Mehta about how Adam Gase sucks, how the ownership sucks, how Joe Douglas, the poor communicator, that comes out. And then I said, like, okay, what's the return? What do we get back? Because Joe Douglas said, I want to get overpaid. And do you think he got overpaid? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, again, since this is happening, like literally I was just laying on my couch getting ready to set to watch this Mets game. And I think the tweet came out literally right around first, first pitch, pitch, right? Yeah. So I haven't looked anything up, obviously. But like, I'm all my one friend tweeted or texted me like, "There's no one worth that, <laughs> let alone a safety." So I'm almost positive. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is like a similar package to what the Bears gave up for Khalil Mack, isn't it? And I'm almost positive that that this is more than the Giants got for Odell Beckham and uh, the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper. Yep, and certainly a lot more than the Houston Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. We'll, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, let's get to yeah we'll get to the conversation now. The first of all, a hat tip to friend of the podcast Brian Costello for being the first to break the trade, and the Jets got back two first round picks from Seattle, one for this year, one for next year, a third round pick this year, and safety Bradley McDougal in exchange for Jamal and a fourth round pick in 2022. And to me, that's the textbook definition of an overpay. And of course it came from Seattle, right? I mean, listen, if you're the Seahawks, who needs first round picks when you're terrible at drafting and you're freaking, dra- you know, ba- uh, trade out of the first constantly. Yeah. And like, I mean, 
I sort of will break it down, but even considering these will be later first in the first round, I mean, God, just build those assets or flip them. I mean, there's so much you can do now. I, I'm more excited now than I was yesterday, than I was when the season ended. Yeah. And that's really hard to say when you're trading a player like Jamal Adams. Yeah, just for retrospect, I remember when the Jets traded Darrell Revis, who is a far more complete player than Jamal was, because Jamal's a great safety. He's a great box safety. Revis is the best cover corner in football in his prime. They got a first and a third round pick for him. Yeah. The Jets got an extra one. Just got an extra one and a player for Jamal Adams in 2020, which I get the Seattle fit because Seattle plays that cover three defense and Jamal can be the new Cam Chancellor and just like crush at the line of scrimmage. But for what the Jets had to do and how to rebuild, that's a lot of assets. Oh, it's, it's, Listen, like you just said, Jamal, I think and Adams went to the best place he could go, right? Yeah. I mean, whatever. Good luck. Enjoy. Thank you. Goodbye. But I'm, I'm serious. Like, and I know I, I you go dig into Twitter and stuff and see that, like, I, I was like, oh, I've loved Jamal. I wanted him to stay. Yes, that's all true. But at the same time, when you really break it down, the dude is a safety. I'm sorry. There's no way. The Bears had, like, the best season in the NFL and let Adrian Amos walk in free agency. You know, like we've seen teams do this. I mean, I, I just there's one, there's two safeties that come to the top of my head that I have watched in my whole life where you ab- they absolutely dictate a defense. Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu. Yep. I mean, Jamal's not I'm there. Not, no, and and again, those are still damn good defenses. Those two played on, like, Jam- like I got Jamal's frustration of like wanting to win, blah 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 blah. Like, what did you think you were walking into? You know what I mean? And it's not like the team isn't trying to get better. So, listen, you get those. those and McDougal's like a, a decent NFL player. Like, it's not like you just got to throw in. You got a guy who's going to start for you. It shares yeah. up your safety spot. You have good depth there. I mean, hey, I, you kind of get both right. Like, it's like yeah. the best of both worlds. You fill it with a guy who's capable enough, and then you just you just stockpile his assets. And that's the rant. But, like, what you said about throwing reason. Shut down cornerback. I pay that an arm and a leg for that ten times out of ten before I ever pay for an all pro safety. I mean, there's just no way you ever do that. Yeah, I did the closest concerts of trade can trade can uh trade uh overhauls right now, basically. I think it was the Cleveland Mac trade you brought up and the Rams trading two first round picks, the Jaguars or Jalen Ramsey. That's I think the closest you come to it. And they I think Jamal is not in the same class of players, those two guys, because Jalen Ramsey is no. a shutdown corner like, yeah. not, when he's mm-hmm. motivating, ready to go. And Khalil Mack is one of the best impactful pass rushers in football. Jamal, oh, you just, it's not yeah. disparaging Jamal. Jamal's a great player. Jamal Adams, is, exactly. he can he can stop the run with anybody. He can rush the pass here. He can make impact plays, but he can't cover. And that's a problem in the passing NFL. See, so this is like exactly what I said. And you're spot on. You overpay for an edge rusher, a literal game wrecker. Like a Cleo Mack, and then it just shut down cornerback Jalen Ramsey, who's like what twenty five. Yeah, like you do that all. There's absolutely you do that. But like you said, like you know Jamal Adams, and I actually I swear I was more weary. I was wary about this last like as the season went on. Like it was awesome he was getting the sack numbers and stuff. But like to me that was like putting you know lipstick on a pig. That defense was so bad, and Greg Williams had to use him that way. He literally had to use him. He was the only like slightly capable pass rusher the team had where he was like, you know what? We can't cover long enough. Nobody else, Jordan Jenkins isn't generating this pressure. I got to use this guy this way. And again, he's versatile. He's dynamic. He's amazing around the line of scrimmage in the box. But just like you said, if he can go be the Cam Chancellor, Cam Chancellor, one hell of a player, was never asked to make too many plays in coverage. There you go, Jamal. You know, 
like, but he's never going to get that contract that he wants. Not there, my God. And I know he said he wouldn't, you know, I don't want to sign a contract if I go to get traded because it's never going to happen there. Mr. Wilson gets paid very handsomely. <laughs> yeah, Jamal's going to take a little bit of a discount. He wants to get paid over there. <laughs> I just, I'm really, honestly, as a Jets fan, I, I like, it was kind of like spitting into the wind the past few seasons. Like, oh, maybe we can win eight. Maybe we could do it. Like, listen, this team was bad. Roster bad. <laughs> yeah, they stink. You, so you build the get the assets, build that depth, right? I thought, and you know what I love about Douglas? And I saw Connor Hughes just say this. He tweeted, like, this trade did not just happen. This had been in the works. But what I like about Douglas is culture change. Culture change. I think that's just, we need that. And now you got a guy. I mean, let's not forget, guys. Last year, CJ Mosley plays what two games? Avery Williamson plays in the in I almost said spring training in uh <laughs> in the preseason. You're getting those two back. The defense is. I, I honestly, it might be a bold take, but like I, I don't think the defense is going to like regress that much. It's the offense. My gosh, everything is on that side of the football. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've had discussions with Cowboys fans who wanted to trade for Jamal, and I'm like, and they're like, "What's the price tag for Jamal?" I'm like, "Well, it would probably honestly probably be two two top picks, Michael Gallup, and maybe a mid round pick." That's basically what Seattle gave them. Except, I, I, except, except for Gallup, they gave you a, a safety to start for this year for in place of Jamal. I tell you, there was times where like you said exact package you said like a first, a third, and a receiver like that, where I probably would have been like, "Whoa, that's." I mean, dude, two first. And the, I mean, that's, that is ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. And, and there's no way Dallas, uh, the reported package was Dallas offered, what, a one and a two or something like that. And the, they're in the deadline or something. Uh, I mean, this blows that out of the water. Right? This is just good business. It's good business. I think it's timely that the report that, at, you know, the Manish thing came out so recently that it kind of looks like Adam forced his way out. But, like, my God. You dropped this package at Douglas's door like two months ago. I bet you he does it then. Yeah, I think if you gave it to him at the deadline last year, you probably would have done it because like that's not. Oh, hands they're, down. They were not getting these kinds of offers at trade deadline last year, and he's basically said like, "I'm not offering shopping around. I will pick up the phone if you come talk to me." And Seattle has clearly wanted him based on how much they gave up. And I think if you look at this, they this sets the Jets up very well for the long term because. That the cap going down now, they don't have to worry about overpaying Jamal to keep him happy and getting the distraction out of the locker room before training camp starts, which I think would have been a nightmare for. The, I, I'm I, I'm still with Jamal that Gates is a terrible head coach, but you cannot have him basic your best player walk around saying the coach sucks. You really can't have that going on. No, you you cannot, and, and you know it says a lot. I think with Le, Le'Veon Bell sends a very cryptic kind of like tweet, but you know in a way where it's like, listen, guys. Get the BS out the door. Let's go. Like, he's right. Le'Veon Bell. I mean, my God, for a guy who people peg as a prima donna, he pretty much was like, okay, get the heck out of here, right? Like, like you know, guys, that's players today just, you know, want it, want, want it their way and just that way. And, and I was, I'm happy that Le'Veon kind of came out and tweeted that, you know? Like, it, yeah. it kind of suggests that, like, people in the locker room are willing to play for Gates. Like, us on the couch, when I complain that he hasn't, you know, adjusted after the freaking drive in the fourth quarter and so on. But like, guys are going to play for him. Guys want to play for Douglas. And the fact you just said the locker room, there's a lot of really, like, impact, potentially impactful rookies coming in. You know, Mins, Bryce Hall, Beckton, yeah. you know, a lot of these young guys. Like, I don't want them walking in the locker room and the guys they're looking up to is 
trash talking the GM and, and, and the coach. It's like when Sheldon was here, when Richardson was yeah, here. Yeah. Remember, he was doing it. And, and you know, okay, you just, you just cannot have that. Especially with Sam Darnold. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, Jamal retweeting the deficiencies that Darnold has and so on. But then you have a guy like Lev Bell who's like, I'm ready. To, I'm playing with Darnold. Darnold's my guy. Like, I don't know. I, I think it was, you know, this is very like good versus evil where Jamal, it just made it easy. It made it easy for this to digest. I mean, I thought what he did the other day was just so ridiculous. And, you know, he's going to Seattle, but like Seattle does have like a history of not paying guys too. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget Earl Thomas broke his leg or whatever in a game and flipped off the sideline. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't forget your fate. Jadavion Clowney, they trade for still sitting on for AIDS. They didn't want to resign him. Exactly. Yeah. And no, uh, it's just this open stuff like that. Like you bring up Jadavian, they're not going to sign him, but like that, you know, you get these assets, you clear caps, maybe you do something with Jadavian, maybe go make a trade for Yannick down the line, or you just simply stockpile draft asset, assets. There's so much you can do with it, you know? Like that is that is textbook GMing right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we brought the Levy on Bell tweets. Literally, like minutes after the trade news broke, he hit a string of tweets. First up, he, he tweets, Coup with an X with the thumbs up emoji. Then he says in his next tweet, people do all the hooting and hollering to get you brought in just to leave. LOL, like people weird, yo. The internet got these dudes doing whatever for attention, even when they tell you SH blank T that they don't believe themselves. So clearly taking some shots at Jamal on his way out the door. And I, I think when you like look at now, right? The leaders you have in this, this the guys yeah. that are going to show up day one and lead you. You have CJ Mosley, phenomenal player. Le'Veon Bell, Say what you want. Didn't have a good year last year, but a guy who sounds like he's ready. Like last year, he owned up to it. He, he, you know, he said, I'm coming this year. A guy who can lead. Avery Williamson. You know, I just, it, it, like you said, it would have been so tough if you kind of had all these guys trying to lead and then Jamal, oh, well, I want blah, 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 blah. Like it just, it won't work. It wouldn't have worked. So I'm excited, man. I love DJ Mosley. So, I, I mean, now that like he'll be back and healthy, all these other guys, you're going to see it. And I do. I'm not, I part of me is upset because Jamal was going to be like our first first round pick we ever hit on. But hey, he's got a big year in Seattle now because, like you said, man, he could, he's not really a pass cover guy. And he doesn't really have to be at this, the way he plays safety and the position he's at. But I don't know. I, I, I think there was a lot of kind of uh, blanketing in his big year last year. You know, yeah. a lot of the deficiencies were hidden. So, I mean, this is. When I saw the haul, like when I texted you right before this, I'm like, oh, there goes Jamal. And I saw what we got, and you were like quite a bit of a haul or something. I'm like, my God, you hit the nail on the head quite a bit. <laughs> I will say also, the Jets going to Seattle in December this year is going to get a lot more interesting now. How about Sam tosses three right over, right over, right? Chris Herndon's yeah. catching the touchdowns over the, over the middle with Jamal on him. Yeah, I also excited too is that Jack Man just to know that this GM, this is his first big test where he had the disgruntled player here, and this could have gone the way as you said, twenty sixteen when Sheldon Richardson and Brandon Marshall are fighting in the in the huddle, and they just basically destroyed the locker room. Like before Canada yeah, started, he said, "Nope, I'm not doing this. Like I got a good offer, I'm gonna take what I can get here, move on here." And there, were, I think the point with all Jamal's acts in the offseason, whether it was the the trade requests, the rants on Twitter, the video saying, send me to Dallas, I want to go to Dallas, and this stuff with Manish Mehta, like, that was not going to work. Like, the wish it deteriorated yeah. to the point where something had to be done. Yeah, I think it's funny he didn't get, us, get to go to Dallas. I do. Yeah. So a part of me kind of is like a moral win with that, where it's like, all right, yo, you didn't go to Dallas, and I can tell you right now, he's definitely not, like, super... Like, like Seattle, 
not to go down another rabbit hole, but just real quick, like Seattle has what hands down one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but like they're on the downhill here, you know, like it's not like Seattle is like going to, you know, and if, if they do, then Hey, pie in my face, I'm wrong. But it's not like Seattle is up and coming, right. Yeah. Their window kind of like closed. And uh, like you said, just going back to like McCagnan, McCagnan sat way too long with the Sheldon Richardson after a season, you know, the Jets had that big year the year before that right or two years yep. before that whenever they had it and then they come back next year and yeah you just let it flare out like you cannot allow that to happen and i'm happy douglas said you know what and, and like you said like i remember i think you had mentioned it during the draft where he had emphasized drafting former captains and signing you know leaders and so on i mean this just to me just keeps going right just it's all about a culture change and, and once you have a better attitude in the in the in the locker room i mean hey that's like you can have one of the most talented players in the world. Look at the Cleveland Browns. It doesn't work out sometimes. Once you have that culture and you have that voice and you have that, you know, positiveness, as cliche as it is, in that locker room, it goes a long way. And I am, like you said, I'm so happy that Douglas kind of cut the head off, right? Nope, we're not letting this get in the truck, in the workouts, in the training camp, and let's go. You know, new, new day. New day. And I am intrigued to see what they can do with all these picks because. I have two, two, two first rounds each of the next two years, which is going to be very helpful for them. They could do what you said. They could take picks and trade for a guy like Yannick and Gakwe and not and give themselves that edge rush that they desperately need. They have money now. They can add more guys because I think the thing people underrate is that his contract is going to be expensive, and basically they're projecting the way this is that the cap's going to go down $23 million next year. That's basically, if you take Jamal's extension out of the play here, that gives the Jets more wiggle room to do more things, building a more complete roster. Losing a guy like Jamal hurts, but I think, as Mike Frances has said many times on WFAN, I do agree at this point, they went 16-32 with Jamal being a great player. They can go 16-32 without him. Exactly. And like you said, he, this year, I, I, I honestly, in a year, the, the the Seattle couldn't be looking to ditch him because his contract jumped so much in that fifth year. Yeah, you know he's three million this year, jumps more. So yeah, it, it, it it'll see. You know uh, that's not my. I'm not worried about that, right? So yeah, like you said, get and I like how they structured those short term deals, right? Like Douglas doing that this offseason looks even better now because now you don't have long term money committed at a spot in offensive line where maybe you have the chance to go and upgrade in the draft. You know, yeah. so I mean a lot of good things, a lot of good things can be done now. It will be intriguing to see how they do it going forward, but I think we are both in the agreement. I think. Considering a situation they're in, a a plus for Joe Douglas on this on this trade. Yeah, I mean, I cannot cannot find anything bad about it. Truly, cannot. <laughs> I can I cannot. It's a shame the situation cannot be salvaged, but Jamal sort of wrote his way out the door. Best of luck to even Seattle, but I think the Jets are going to end up winning this trade in the long term, because they got so much stuff that could help them with their rebuild. They do. The, the Seattle would literally have to win the Super Bowl in the next two years, something like that. You know. Yeah. But that's I don't see that happening. I don't either, but well, thanks for hopping on the last minute. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun catching, getting your thoughts on this, on this Jamal Adams trade. This, I did not want to wait till the next episode to get this out there. No, no, I had to. When, when you texted me, I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I like, let's get this going. Let's get it out there before I forget some of the points I want to make. <laughs> yeah. I'll get it out there. I will point out everybody go check out this week's hockey episode, including the episode you were on back on, came out on Tuesday with Jason Stark and the baseball movie draft it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, baseball's going. Baseball's kicking off. Uh, so yeah, I mean, kicking off. Baseball's baseball what, pitching. Yeah. <laughs> baseball's going. So yeah, we go finish this Mets game. Hopefully, we get a win and uh, <laughs> see how the rest of the week goes. 
yeah, we'll see how that goes. And I will say subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual suspects. You can also go to YouTube, Mike Phillips on YouTube. This entire episode is going to be up there in just a bit, so check that out as well. You can also feedback, leave your feedback at Star Rings. Very important going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter, hashtag MPhillips331. Will, how can people follow you on Twitter? I'm on there at AskWillSchneiderH1. All right, and for the hashtag, I think we're going to go with King Douglas because Jamal, because Joe Douglas was a king with this trade, but he's ripping off the Seahawks. Yeah, have a Douglas 2020, right? No more President Maul, the new President Douglas. New President Douglas. <laughs> and that will put it there. Stay tuned on Tuesday, new episode of the podcast dropping. I'm going to be talking to Rick Carpinell of the Athletic about the Rangers, Rangers fan forum, pop culture with Alan Austin. Until then, hope you have a better day than the Seahawks GM. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.